You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Greetings. So sexy, my work wife. Coming up on today's show, <laughs> I just got back from another Muse concert. Do you ever work. see any other band in concert, or is it just now Muse? I can't afford to see any other bands because I went through a, another... Oh, just not again, Joe. Come on! Pile of money going to see them. We'll, we'll do talk more about that later. Uh, we've reached peak W Coop. It's happening. Figured why the hell not get a relevant guest on the show for once. Mike Leah is a W Coop wizard, and we were singing his praises last week. Yep. And James was like, you know, we should just get him. Great idea, James. Mike Leah on the show today. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the poker masters that's been happening in Vegas over the last week or so, and the war of words that followed between Daniel Negreanu and Phil Hellmuth Jr. Yes. <laughs> I was catching up on this right before the start of the show today. Phil, Phil's retweets have no rhyme or reason to them. Some are complimentary, some are rude, some take both sides. I think he might just be scrolling through his timeline and his thumb may accidentally be making contact with the retweet symbol. That makes more sense than what I was thinking. Uh, what else in today's show? We've got an event preview for Poker in the Ears Live. Yes, I know a lot of people who applied for tickets have been asking, what's the plan? Where do we need to be? What's the schedule? What's happening on the night? An email should have gone out by now, but we will also run through everything on this show. Excellent. And very excited about today's super fan. Her name is Georgina James. And I said her name, James, because this is one of those things where, like, because we're in Europe and it sounds like a girl's name, but it's actually a boy's name. I can confirm that Georgina James is female. She's going to be doing trivia from the EPT 13 Barcelona final table. That is Sebastian Mallets, right? Yes, Joe. That's the one with Sebastian Mallets. And that's it. That's all I know. I'm okay. totally spent. <laughs> we won't bother with the quiz then. We'll just call it now, shall we? What well on, Georgina. Have your prizes. Yeah. Well, hey, I remember that much. You know, it's it's a lot to ask. You know why? Because poker is not always on my mind. James, you know, it's on my mind. What's on your mind, Joe? Ozark. Well, I can tell you, Joe, I got to the end this weekend. I chose to watch the one hour and 20 minute season finale instead of watching the 49ers at Seahawks because I knew the game was going to be pitiful and I knew the 49ers were going to lose. Instead, I thoroughly enjoyed Ozark. I'm surprised to hear, I haven't seen any of the reviews myself, but people tell me it's been getting mixed reviews, with some people looking at it quite negatively. I'm surprised because I think it's a very enjoyable series, and what I like best about it is it has real potential to grow over the next few years, over the next few seasons. Remember the first season of Breaking Bad? It was meh, but then it got great. This is good and also has the potential to be great. Yeah, and the thing is, I hate to summarize a show like this, but to me, this show really is Breaking Bad meets Justified, uh, which are two, I think, of the all-time great TV shows and two of my all-time favorites. And so it has everything about those two shows that I like. Uh, and yes, I will say that I, I didn't read like any professional reviews of the show, but when I tweeted how great I thought the show was, I had a bunch of people write back saying, meh. And this is a show that, I would, James, when we were working at Rosvodov, I would be like, I can't wait till we're done working today so I can go back and watch yeah. more of this show. I just thought it was com super compelling uh, all the time. And you, you decided not to watch football. 
Correct. I decided on a Sunday night, I skipped the NFL to finish Ozark and then caught up with football games over the next two days. Um, I probably need to move on to Narcos next. I know you weren't convinced by Narcos season three. Where, where does it go from there? Um, you know, it's 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 fine. It's pretty good. I, I finished it over the weekend because the day I took to the Muse concert, she slept for 27 hours out of a 33-hour period. How after is the that concert. possible? I really don't know. At, there was a point where I was sitting in the hotel room in, a, in an armchair just being like, I'm not even mad. Like, I just, this is, this is impressive. <laughs> I can catch up on TV shows. Yeah, so I did. I watched, uh, I watched like the last five episodes of Narcos totally <laughs> uninterrupted. And, uh, you know, again, I find the show really interesting. I just sit there the entire time going, I want to know which parts are, dr- are dramatized. I don't care that they are, but I would like something after the show to go. Oh, well, this guy wasn't actually arrested on the same day as this guy. And these two guys didn't really pass each other in prison. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I completely know where you're coming thing. from. Yeah. Um, so anyway, about the, about the Muse concert. So I was actually in San Francisco at the time of this game, but they were at the Seahawks, right? They, they were at actually, Seattle, yes. Um, I went through an entire ordeal. and I don't think we have time for it. Remember my tent getting destroyed when I went to see Muse a couple years ago in England? Yes, I do remember that. Well, this time I had a friend uh, fly in to see it with me. Basically, she flew in from Vegas. and We were going to road trip up to San Francisco. And so she flies in from Vegas and I had her fly in the earliest flight possible. She landed at 730 in the morning and her bag didn't show up. Oh, that sucks. So now we got to go to the baggage claim thing. They say, okay, it'll be on the next flight. And I'm like, well, we're supposed to be driving. That's the whole point of taking the early flight. And they go, all right, well, here's what you can do. You can either wait for the next flight, which it'll maybe be on. Or when it comes in, we can send it to San Francisco and you can pick it up there. And I take out my map and I see I have to drive right by San Francisco airport to get to uh, to get to San Francisco. I was okay. like, you know what? J- just ship it there. Sounds like so the now- better of the two options. Right. But now we're driving in rush hour, right? Now we're leaving the airport at, at 930 in the morning instead of at 730 in the morning. So we get up to San Francisco. It takes us a while. We get up there. We get to the airport. And um, we get a phone call on the way. Hey, your bag's definitely on the next flight to San Fran. It'll be there when you get there. We get there, and the bag's not there. Oh, for heaven's sake. And the ladies of the baggage claim are like, um, so uh, where was it supposed to be? And I explained the story a bunch of times and finally go, oh, yeah, we're missing a lot of bags from that flight. That's not very reassuring, is it? Exactly. And so it was just unbelievable, uh, this ordeal we went through and then all of a sudden somehow i'm a very calm person i was staying calm the entire time all of a sudden somehow the bag just showed up okay Um, it was just well yeah all well ends well anyway just be i I spent a ton of money on this concert yet again just parking at the airport cost me ten dollars to like park at sfo to pick up this bag or whatever um not gonna get into how much it was this time but like it was cold in san francisco which we didn't realize so we had to like go out and buy extra clothes because it was an outdoor concert uh I spent money on like special like pre-show like backstage access and unfortunately the traffic was so bad getting to the to the theater that I missed the window completely. Oh no. So I didn't even on. get my my free gift and that was like $100 extra per ticket. Um so whatever. It but anyway the show was amazing as usual. I will continue to go see Muse shows probably forever. We did James the next day, drive right through Cupertino, California, home, home of, of Apple. That's right. And while during this 27 hours of sleep that, uh, that my date was having, I could not resist ordering an iPhone 8. Why? It's- well, here's why. 
Well, go on, go on. Okay. Tell me why I shouldn't okay. do it. Here's why I don't believe you should do it, is because the iPhone 8 is a minimal, and I mean it, minimal upgrade on the 7. The only thing you really get is the wireless charging, and honestly, who gives a shit? The 7 is already significantly cheaper. It's going to become even cheaper this weekend when the 8 comes out. The one thing I will say in your defense is at least you didn't spend four figures on the X, because people who are spending money on that really, really grind my gears. X gone, give it to you. Yeah, okay, so here was my rationale. I have an iPhone 6, and I was due for an upgrade. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, so I was like, and I oh, I skip a, a phone every time. I don't need the new phone every time. Before I had the six, I had the the four or whatever. So I was like, I'm due for an upgrade. The eight sounds pretty cool. I have seen some of the camera features, which look pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you've seen this portrait mode or whatever, James, where it like can basically take you out, like just completely takes you out of the photo um, and makes it look like you're on like a, that you've been painted that you you know that you're you know you can well, put yourself in a background you this want this is not really a convincing argument for me to spend an extra 200 pounds on a mobile phone but whatever is that all it costs is an extra two i'm like what's money what's money Just what is, it? is that all it costs an extra 200 not 200 total an extra 200 well i think with the deal that i was getting i had a i had a shell out i have to give back the phone i have now and then shell out like 160 bucks and then that's it Right, you see, what I've decided to do, and this is the cheaper option, and I grant you that not everyone really wants to be paying up front 600, 700 pounds for a phone, but if you can do that, rather than go onto one of these contracts, you will save money, because a SIM-only deal is going to be like around 15 pounds per month, and over the course of two years, if you then were to replace your handset and sell on the old phone, you would save a lot of money. That's true. That is absolutely true, but you know, it's even though it's so stupid, it's so much easier for people to swallow ten dollars a month for fourteen years versus a thousand dollars now. No, ultimately, this is such a hashtag first world problems conversation. It's also a conversation that I guarantee you most people listening to this podcast are shouting at, going, "Stop buying iPhones! Get Android! Get an LG! Get a Samsung!" Um, I just want to run through a few tweets. In relation to last week's show, um, there will be more tweets later when we potentially resurrect social media beefs. Uh, v. Jane Windsor got in touch to say, great show, guys. Love that sweet man, Andre Akari. It was so good to have Andre on last week's podcast. Um, Jane says, sure wish you live streamed some of the festivals. Yeah, I think it's only ever going to be the really big events that we end up doing um, webcasts from. Uh, But Jane says, break a leg in London, with reference to our live show, of course, at the Hippodrome next week. We announced on the podcast that one of the people who will be at the Hippodrome is Chris Moneymaker. And Andy Gibbons says, fantastic news about Moneymaker coming to the podcast recording. Any chance he'll play the tourney? Hashtag, I want his bounty. Andy? Yes, Chris will be playing in the tournament, but as Chris told you himself, bounty not for sale, sir. Hashtag sorry. Oh, wow. Smack talk from the moneymaker. And Christopher Wathen, who I believe is also coming to our live show, was stuck at Wimbledon, was listening to old Poker in the Ears episodes, and is planning on trying Superfan versus Stapes once he reaches the end. Christopher, tell us what you want your specialist subject to be, and you can be on the show. It's not like you really have to try that hard. Um, it's not like you have to prepare. I wouldn't work really that hard at it. It's pretty easy to beat me. 
let's move on to the latest headlines from the world of poker. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Is News. Dateline, the Isle of Man, and PokerStars charity efforts for the hurricane. This is interesting, Joe, because for the last couple of weeks, obviously, uh, you've been offering money to the hurricane relief effort as part of your competitions for our guests. And now PokerStars is doing their own thing. And I guess we can try and marry the two together. Yeah, full full disclosure. I had a feeling something like this was going to, you know, our company's really good at this sort of thing. Um, so I was waiting for something like this to happen because I knew I could make the questions and my money and your money all go a little bit further. Uh, I haven't donated anything yet because I was waiting for this. I'm going to be in the UK this weekend where I can actually get on the client and access these dummy tournaments that they have. Basically you enter a tournament for whatever they've got lots of different denominations of tournaments you can enter. There is no tournament. The money goes to hurricane relief and poker stars matches every dollar that you put forward that way. So I've been waiting for that. I've got a couple hundred bucks to donate probably more from later on in the show uh, after Mike Leah does some of my dumb questions. <laughs> so uh, what I was thinking also, though, because this is something like there's a lot going on right now and just, you know, lots of the, uh, the Western Hemisphere has been messed up by these hurricanes. So what I was thinking, James, is for everybody who's out there uh, who's a listener to this show, if you screenshot yourself donating $25 or more, uh, via the poker stars client and then send me like a fact or two about yourself i will write you like a haiku or a poem or a limerick or a joke some kind of shout out to you even though i don't do shout outs this uh this is something that's important to me um and i will read them out on the air like however many it takes two weeks from this show i don't think we're going to be able to do it during a live show no i think the show after next so episode 101 yeah, so hashtag I'm poker in the ears, episode one one oh one, our first episode of our second hundred episodes. I will make some kind of big deal about you doing this. I'm loving your optimism, by the way. Uh let's focus <laughs> on the world championship of online poker. W Coop is ongoing, but it is reaching its end. Uh there have been two high roller events, actually one still to come, but the twenty five K PLO event played out over the last couple of days. Seventy one total entries from fifty four unique players, a prize pool of one point seven five million dollars against a guarantee of a million. Um, one player who we know very well, he's been on this podcast, Ludovic Gailik, came seventh at the final table. The tournament was won by Zagalo87 from Slovakia, a player we know very little about, for 419k. Meanwhile, the 25k No Limit Hold'em high roller will be played on Thursday the 21st. So by the time you hear this, it may well be over already. And of course, this coming the weekend, Sunday the 24th, is when the main event takes place with a 5k buy-in. And Joe, obviously you're not going to be playing the main event because you and I are going to be playing some live poker on Sunday. Yeah, that's why. Not because it's $5,000. <laughs> but on the Saturday, the PokerStars Fat Cat has decided to stake you in a 1K WCOOP event. Tell us more. Well, our boss is so dedicated to having poker content on the Poker in the Ears live show 
that she somehow scraped up money for me to play a $1,050 bounty tournament on Saturday night. I wish wish for once that this was actually a video show because I can see your face right now and it is betraying your inner feelings. You are literally shitting yourself. I am so sick about this. The weird thing is, like, I know everyone out there thinks I'm crazy for two reasons, right? They would all kill to play a thousand dollar knockout tournament i'm sure and secondly it would be even better that it's not their own money the (laughs) fact that this isn't my money and i know there's no like person who cares like what happens to this money like the poker stars fat cat doesn't actually exist i am so sick about this i i i genuinely feel like this is like my responsibility to do something with it like a thousand dollars worth of content somehow minimum (laughs) and i don't know how i can possibly provide that unless i win it joe it has to be the best edition of adventures in online poker (laughs) ever ever of all time no i'm just so sick about this also my track record for being staked in tournaments is atrocious Like you understand, like this is this is another reason why there's so much pressure on me is that like for a one K knockout, all the knockouts are gonna be worth like a significant amount of money to me, right? It'll be like a couple hundred bucks, I would guess, uh, in a one K knockout. So all I have to do to profit is knock out a person, and I'm wondering if I will even be able to accomplish that. I think you need to have more faith in your own abilities. Um, oh, God. So, yes, the main event this weekend, I think it plays out over two or three days, but it starts on the Sunday. Just checking on the WCOOP leaderboard, because we discussed this last week, Joe, and it leads us into our guest for this week. The player PS Mozak from Bulgaria still leads at the time of recording with 615 points, with I'm Lucknuts from Russia second in points, 575, but still third, still in contention, is Go. Go Leafs Go A from Canada. Mr. Mike Lear, a player we did discuss on last week's show. We had the conversation afterwards. Let's get him on poker in the ears. So let's do just that. And welcome to the podcast, Mike Lear. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Mike, I'm going to start things off by sending you a basket of apology kittens. First of all, I want to say I'm... I'm sorry for having to MC out loud while you were playing heads up for like eight hundred thousand dollars a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, no worries. Like I don't like in that moment. Like I couldn't tell like who is just tolerating it, who genuinely didn't mind. I know one of the players tweeted that it was really annoying, and unfortunately, I was just doing the job I was hired to do. Did you? You, could, you can go ahead and tell me. Did you find it distracting? No, not at all. It was. Uh, you know, it's. Just, if everything is the same all the time, it's pretty boring. So it was, uh, it's a unique experience there at uh, Seminole Hard Rock with that whole thing. And no, it, I enjoyed it. It helped, uh, I don't know, just kind of... Oh my make, God, Mike. Get, don't it, encourage it him. He's going to be doing it at every no, final table now. No, but honestly, no, it just... It makes me very, very happy, like not in a, like a little bit in an ego way, but also just like, I, I don't want to upset the players. I, I want, I want people to have a good time. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you had a good time. No, like it, it got, it got all the tables laughing now and again. And, and that's always good because sometimes <laughs> no limit hold'em can be excruciatingly, uh, you know, boring and serious. So to get everyone to crack a smile or, or, or laugh every once in a while kind of loosens everyone up. And I think overall, probably most of the tables had more fun because, you know, it was kind of sort of a, an entertainment vibe. So it was, it was good. 
I couldn't help but chuckle at the damning with faint praise that it got everyone laughing now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we were laughing at, at them, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> laughing is laughing is laughing. Um, uh, it's, it's funny. I had to think about what you were talking about there for a second. It's, even though it wasn't that long ago, there's been so much poker in between. I had to kind of recall what, what you were talking about. At first. Yeah. Why don't you just, because <laughs> you've made so many final tables and had so many six figure scores over the last couple of years. He's like, which one was it? Why don't you, if you can, Mike go over what's happened since that heads up match for almost a million dollars until now, just rattle off some of the things you've been doing. Um, well, actually, I had a bit of a break after that tournament, I think. Um, just trying to remember how much time was in between that and WCOOP. Three days. Um, I, three days? <laughs> okay, not long. So I, I was going back and forth to Montreal because they were having a tournament series there. So it's about a six-hour drive from my house. Um, so they had a main event there every weekend. Um, so I went back and forth for that while I was kind of multitasking WCOOP at the same time. So... Um, they're pretty good. They're a playground. They let you play online while you're playing live. So I was, uh, playing WCOOP events while I was playing live tournaments the last few weekends. Um, the last one I made the final table of and, and cashed for over hundred K in fourth. But uh, other than that, I've played just about most of the events while I've been, uh, while I've been playing some live tournaments there. And I think we're on day number 18 now of WCOOP. So is it only day 18? It feels like day 80. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's uh, It's been a long grind this year with the with the added low events. And basically, there's, there's twice as many tournaments as most years. So it's definitely been a, a harder grind this year than, than I can remember. So When an online festival like WCOOP begins, do you throw yourself into it thinking, I'm going to make a run at Player of the Year? Or do you do that kind of after the early few events after the first week when you realize i'm now in with a shot so now i've got to increase my volume w coop i definitely go in trying to win player of the series um scoop i don't because it's right before wsop and i don't want to commit myself to that um schedule and if i end up being in the hunt then maybe i'll increase the schedule um w coop um you know well, obviously, this year there was something else going on with with Montreal, but um, no, I, I expected to be with the volume I'm going to put in. I, like, I won't skip many events. I've maybe skipped a handful of events. That's about it. Um, so I expect to have a chance to win Player of the Series, and um, just by volume alone, and then by you know, by my own expected uh, egotistical <laughs> egotistical skill, um, I, I expect myself to win it. Um, I, I think you know there's only a, a handful of players that that really have a chance to win based on volume and skill in all the games. Um, so I, I expect to be in the hunt. I think I've finished top five a few times over the last few years. Um, I'd really like to win. Um, it's disappointing I haven't won yet. And looking at the standings right now as we speak, I'm within reach, but um, almost a little bit too far back. So it's. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna take a win or a few final tables over the last few days to to overtake the couple guys ahead of me. When you're this close, and you mentioned that you had to take one day off to play a feature table, do you look back at that like a little bit annoyed, like that one day maybe would have made a difference? Yeah, but I won a hundred thousand that day, so you know. <laughs> you can't really complain. Can't really complain. Um, 
it's funny the one of one of the events i missed that day was the uh the 1k badoogie event which is an event i won a few years ago so oh, that was shit. one that i really hated to miss but other than that you know it's whatever it's who knows if it had an effect or not maybe you know the bit of a break and the focus helped me uh do better at that live tournament so whatever now my, win some my lose two- some. To, uh, to get prepared for this interview here, uh, James turned me on to this article from Poker News from Mo Nawara. I, I got to give him a lot of credit. This is a great article, and it led me to a bunch of follow-up questions for you. Right. Uh, he, in the beginning, he paints this this picture of like a poker player being a grinder, doing this to save money and that to save money. And I get that because I've seen it, and we've all been on tour for a while. Uh, you've got $6.5 million in lifetime earnings, and you're driving back and forth from Montreal to Toronto, where you live. Is that out of necessity to save money, or are you no. just... Uh, no, I, yeah. I, I I don't do anything to save money. I'm <laughs> I'm the worst uh, budgeter there is. No, I uh, that's just, um, just pure convenience. I just wanted to spend more time at home with, you know, just to be in my uh, comfort zone for playing WCOOP and... Um, I got a 12-year-old dog I want to spend as much time with. So um, driving back and forth was just uh, basically just so I could spend as much time at home as possible. Um, and there's no hotel at Playground Poker Club. So if you're staying like downtown Montreal, you have to you know, Uber back and forth to the place, which is just kind of a pain anyway. And That takes about an hour anyway, and you can be home in a couple more. Yeah, and by the time you go to the airport and check in and have to get there early and it's like an hour drive for me to the airport as is so basically if i was flying there it would take almost the same amount of time and it's just more convenient to have my to have my vehicle there um when i'm in montreal so and you know i don't mind the drive i usually catch up on phone calls or whatever else that i don't usually have that time to do um i actually it's funny i did that interview with mo um i think at like three o'clock in the morning after that final table when I was driving home to play the next day of W Coop. So I usually, I usually find people to talk to on the phone at the, whatever time of day it is. I think I had like a hour conversation with my mom on that drive home. And then I had the interview with Mo. So whatever, fine, find things to do, but yeah, no, it's not out of, uh, trying to save money. It's just out of trying to uh, not miss, uh, a W Coop event the next day. Yeah, well, the whole the whole article talks about how you're only in this really because you want to be the best, and money's not really a- as big a concern for you for other things. Like, what was your life like before poker that uh, that can afford like this ability to not really care about money? What, like, it says it also said that you that you learned how to play poker from coworkers. I want to know what job that was. Sure. Well, a couple things. Number number one, like I, it's not that I don't care about money obviously i've been fortunate enough in poker that i don't you know necessarily have to worry about money that much but more of my focus is like on trying to do well in tournaments and in series and knowing that if i do well the money goes along with it right like if i i know if i'm competing and doing well in poker tournaments and winning then i'm probably going to make money while i'm doing it so i try not to focus on money and i focus on just competing and usually it it all works out um, which was kind of the same, you know, focus on my job before I was in sales and marketing. Um, I worked for the same company for 16 years and kind of helped uh, grow a company like right across right across Canada. Um, so it was kind of the same thing in sales. I really just focused on 
on competing and trying to win like sales competitions and knew that if I did that, I'd, I'd probably make good money along the way. So it's similar, but different. I just kind of focus on competition cause I'm hyper competitive and, and know that if I'm doing well, then I'll, I'll probably, uh, make money while I'm doing it. So those kind of, uh, went along. But, um, when I left poker, um, I had, I had a pretty good, you know, six figure sales management management job. So I was in a situation where I was able to play high stakes poker tournaments, um, while I was working the last couple years and, um, never really had to like grind cash games or work my way up stakes. I kind of just started in high stakes nice. poker, per, poker tournaments and sort of, um, learned as I uh, as I went and had some good success early and then gave all the money back while I was kind of learning how to play and and uh, kind of you know just went went from there so um, that was kind of my uh, my entrance to poker was just kind of firing uh, $200 online tournaments and firing you know 5k's and 10k live <laughs> tournaments um, while I really uh, was well, I thought I was okay, but looking back, I was uh, I was pretty bad back then. But it uh, it all worked out. Nice discrepancy in the buy-ins, um, Mike. The thing I find interesting is we see so many players who are regulars on the circuit. They're at every live event. They play every major online tournament. Whereas you kind of choose to binge. Obviously, you've decided you're going to play WCOOP. You decide over the summer you're going to play the World Series, but then you might not play for several months. Um, no, I wouldn't say several months, but definitely several, several weeks. Um, like after WSOP, I try to take, you know, a good, a good break and enjoy the summer back at home. Um, and then after WCOOP, I'll be taking, um, I think probably a good solid, almost three weeks off before WSOP Europe. Um, and this will be a, a nice break where I don't think there'll be any, any poker. Um, after WSOP, there was that series at Seminole Hard Rock, and there was the um, the WSOP Global Championship, so I was kind of forced into a bit more poker than I would have liked, but uh, def- definitely looking forward to a nice break after this. Yeah, I, I try to, uh, you know, try to balance, you know, um, I don't have to play poker all the time, so it, it's good to, to take some time to enjoy life and, and do some other things and, and get ready for the next uh, binge binge series as it is. When you're taking that time off, do you are are you ever like itching to play? Are you like let's just see what's what's happening? Let's we'll play the Thursday thrill or whatever's going on tonight. Nah, never. Um, the, the Thursday thrill really doesn't like any. I I need a tournament to have some meaning for me to to want to play it and to care about it, and just some random, um, you know, just tournament doesn't really do it for me it's got to have uh it's got to have something like a you know a w cooper scoop or a coop or a wsop event whether it's a bracelet or a ring event or i don't know just something with me to to care about otherwise i'll just end up you know just punting and not really uh caring or playing very well and it's not worth not worth the time to me um on a sunday i'll probably like you know one table the Sunday million while I'm watching football. And that's about probably be about the extent of my, my poker during, uh, during my off time. I, I get that. And I get that, you know, that, you know, there has to be some sort of accolade that comes along with it. And you mentioned before something about your ego. Um, I don't see it. 
like your ego doesn't really shine forth in, in your outward demeanor and the way that you present yourself. So what do you do with all this stuff, like all these wins? Do you have a, a, a mantle at home, a trophy room? Yeah, my, like my poker office is kind of my, my trophy room. There's, you know, as I as I look around, you know, there's there's trophies and W Coop bracelets and circuit rings and and all kinds of cool things, you know, F tops jerseys from back in the day. Um, so, you know, just, but it's more just a, um, like the trophies and stuff are cool, but it's more just a mental sort of accomplishment. Um, things that I've set out to do that I've, you know, accomplished some of and, and still want to accomplish a lot more of. Um, yeah, like ego, like it, I'm not, I'm definitely not like a outwardly egotistical person. It's more just of a, you know, inner belief of my, um, you know, of what I, of what I should accomplish when I go into a series like W Coop. Um, and I think that helps me accomplish that because I'm, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not happy if I'm not, uh, not right at the top of, of, of the mix for, for leaderboard. And it just gives me something to shoot for and gives, you know, it helps me try harder and, and get up for day 18 in a row and, and really, uh, focus on doing well in those tournaments. Like otherwise, you know, at this point in the series, like it's you know been such a long grind. I'm so tired that I'm, I'm quite liable just to wake up and just look for any spot where I can get my chips in, <laughs> in instead of uh, looking at the leaderboard standings and know that every every event that I cash and go deep in is going to give me a chance to win that. So it's just the little things like that that are going to help me uh, help me play better today and try harder instead of just uh, you know, punting it in because I want to go back to bed and take a nap after busting the first event. <laughs> well, a, a quick heads up, Mike. Um, and Joe, I'm sure you've got the number there. There is some dead money in one of the W Coop week events this weekend. <laughs> um, what's the event number, Joe? I I don't know. The, I only know what the cost of the event is. Huh? All right. Which, Mike, which, which, yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm playing for the first time ever. I'm playing the $1,000 bounty on Saturday night and I'm just we're doing it like as a stunt for the show and i'm really sick about it <laughs> <laughs> nice all right i'm, I'm looking for it actually uh, as i'm looking at the uh the lobby i see there's a couple events with no late registration that i'm uh, that i'm just reminding myself to get in get in now <laughs> just do it now we'll wait mike we will wait it's important I'm, I'm already in today's heads up event but then i realized that there's also going to be a heads up event tomorrow because they have the same event the day after so yeah wow all right, we're all we're all set you genuinely can't get enough of it um mike obviously we wish you luck over the last weekend of w coop in your quest to leapfrog back up to the top of the leaderboard but before you are allowed to leave us joe stapleton uh, presents an edition of bringing your a game that's right now it was so funny listening to mike talk about how he was like a top salesman because i can't picture like a pushy aggressive canadian salesman at all <laughs> i picture it we're like, oh, hey, like, buy this if you feel like it. If not, that's okay. Um, but uh, so, I, look, usually, Mike, I would play a game at this time of year called WCube Leaderboard or Porn Uploader, uh, where I would read you a screen name and you would have to tell me whether they're on the WCube Leaderboard or if they've recently uploaded porn to a porn site. But uh, I think <laughs> that you are going to know the WCube Leaderboard too well. Like, all this competitiveness yes. I'm hearing about you. Yeah, I, um, I know. I know every name. Every name. <laughs> So I, I decided to play, to play a game called Bring Your A Game as well. Now, I don't know if you've heard on the broadcast, but I like to tell the story of the history of the naming of Canada. Oh, a story no. I'm sure you know very well. Uh, nope. 
Okay, so there are these two Canadian guys. Oh, they no. founded Canada, and they they said, like, so what should we call our new country, eh? And the other guy says, well, I think it should have a C, eh? And I think it should have an N, eh? And I think it should have a D, eh? And that's how they named it Canada. <laughs> I can't believe. Please tell me you're laughing out of politeness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Canadian, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play a game today called Bringing Your A Game, where basically every answer has an A in it of some sort. Um, like, I'll give James a, a practice question. Ready, James? I'm ready, Joe. In 1972, a crack commando unit was set to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... The A-Team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got that one. Okay, Mike would have got that one. I'm going to give him credit for it. So... Uh, all of this, by the way, I'm going to donate every question Mike gets right. I'm going to donate another $10 from my own pocket to the Hurricane Relief that you can do through Poker Stars, uh, as we mentioned a few moments ago. Mike, are you ready for the real game oh. to begin? Yes, now, now some pressure. All right. Here we go. Question number one. The famous home run hitting duo of the 1990s, the Bash Brothers, played for which Major League Baseball team? The Oakland A's. Oakland A's is Ooh. correct. God, I hope there's gonna, more sports questions. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I, hate, I hate to break it to you, but I don't know much about sports. That might be it. Uh, question uh, number two. Perhaps the world's most... That was, we're going to go to that one last. That one's a trick question. Here we go. Uh, someone who is an octogenarian has reached the age of... 80. 80 is correct. Oh, wow. Oh. Question, I don't know what question number I skipped around. This, this Australian band's name also references the two types of electrical current. Oh, jeez. Um, Australian rock band's oh, name. ACDC. ACDC. ACDC is correct. A person who exhibits the characteristics of ambition, high energy, and competition are often described as being this type of person. Uh, a correct. Uh, actually, he got, A is. I'm just gonna give it to you from A, but A typical. We're looking. We're looking for type A, which is type kind a. of kind of right. And you know what? It's all going to a good cause. So I'm happy to ship that to you. Next question. Uh, similar type of answer here uh, as your last one. Having parts that fail to correspond to one another in shape, size, or arrangement, or lacking in symmetry, would be A. Asymmetrical, that is correct. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to go. We got two more questions here. This Senegalese singer was featured on David Guetta's Sexy Bitch as well as T-Pain's Bartender. A. A. <laughs> oh, I forgot you can Hector a Hardigan for a lifeline. All right, Hardigan. I have no idea. Uh, we're looking for Akon there. Akon. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. And finally, this one that just saying A won't work for this one because the A right. sound is hidden in the middle of the word, but hopefully you can get it. Damn it. Perhaps the world's most famous band comprised of dried out claymation fruit. Their biggest hit was, unironically, a cover of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Uh, the California Raisins. The California Raisins is correct. Wow, we really, Mike. really were tenuous with that last one. <laughs> I, if we go back to my, you know, I'm old, so those those ones, 
right right in my uh, sweet spot. I figured you would get that one. I just wasn't sure if the California raisins made it to Canada or not. Oh yeah, they were big, they were big time. <laughs> Huge. I saw them in concert twice. Mike, Leah, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. And I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for NW Cube, except for in the bounty tournament. Please just, please, I'm so sick about this. Just stay away from me. All right, no worries. Thanks for uh, helping me wake <laughs> up this morning. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Poker in the ears. So one question I want to ask Mike that we didn't quite get to is that, you know, he talked about his ego a little bit. And I was like, do you have like this Phil Helm youth? ego like hidden in there is that's what's driving you to do all this because uh phil's ego is not hidden at all and if you guys have been following at all wow. uh this debate between daniel and phil james i don't know if you're willing to take sides in this i don't know if you have a strong opinion i guess we should set the scene a little bit first well of all. first of all i don't have an opinion but i do have a theory which we'll come to later on but the backdrop for this is the poker masters which is the final item in our poker in the ears news segment this week we don't have the final result yet because it is still ongoing but i thought we should talk about this joe because there are so many different things going on in the poker world right now and people trying new ideas trying new formats trying new ways of growing the game and getting people interested and keeping people interested in poker and i thought this was an interesting one and i know that it's so easy to be cynical and say oh the purple jacket and oh making it like the masters and but what I liked about this is that there's real money at stake as well, because this is a series of 50k tournaments culminating in a 100k tournament, and basically whoever makes the most money, whoever scores the most cashes and profits the most, becomes the Poker Masters and gets that purple jacket in addition to winning a shitload of cash. Yeah, I think that maybe like just some of the things I was reading about the formula, like most things, I think maybe they didn't have the formula quite the I mean, you're never going to make everybody happy. No, um, I don't think it was quite as simple as, as the way you stated it. But in general, I love the idea. I love, uh, you know, anybody who's a fan of poker has been following the fact that Daniel's got tons of side action on this, which he's going to lose, by the way. Um, well, it has lost. Yes, I, I believe. Um, and so that made it more interesting to me. I wasn't particularly jaded about this at all. So I've been, uh, I've been sort of following this, um, which is a lot for me. Yeah. So basically it was five events over eight days. And just to recap, event number five is yet to conclude at the point that we're recording this show. Uh, event number one, which was the first of the 50 K events was won by Nick Shulman. I mean, Loads of big names playing this, by the way. As you can imagine, it's in Vegas. It's appealing to all the high rollers, all these guys who play the big buy-in events. Event number two was won by Stefan Sontheimer. We will talk more of this gentleman very shortly. Bryn Kenny took down event number three, and Brandon Adams was the winner of event four. So Stefan Sontheimer was in the lead in the purple jacket race going into the final. We had this running gag on the tour for several years, Joe. These German players were like, where were they coming from? Was there like some secret lab where they were being bred and suddenly a new one would appear every like time we ran? that training facility from, from, from Russia with love, like where there's just like a yeah. bunch of dudes learning poker and learning how to raise and fold and exactly so like every time we would have another super high roller event on the ept yet another new german would appear and stefan sontheimer definitely fits this mold interestingly on the 26th of january 2017 a certain fedor holtz tweeted predicting that this will be the breakout year of stefan sontheimer best player in the game right now and hey 
Great players, no great players. His prediction is running true because Sontheimer is having a good year and there is a very good chance, having made the final table of the 100k championship event, that he walks away with the Masters title. Is this the goose guy, run, goose, run yes. or whatever? That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. I mean, that it's weird because I saw the Twitter handle coming up so often. I figured it was somebody I would know. And nope, never heard of him before. And what's crazy is that um, so me and Lance Bradley and Kev Math and Jeff Walsh. I don't know if you remember Jeff Walsh from Poker Gossip. Yeah. Decided I actually um, bet on this. We did like a little pool uh, where we all got one, two, three, four, five guys uh, and we, you know, put in twenty five bucks a piece. If anybody wins the jacket, we win the the whole the whole prize thing. Um, and I saw this Sontheim name over and over again. I'm like, this is exactly the kind of guy who like just comes out of nowhere, and wins something like this because it's like it's very doable in a short period of time. James, can you tell me if any of my guys are still alive to win the pur purple jacket? I will do my best. Uh, David Peters. Nope. Adrian Mateas Diaz. Nope. Ike Haxton. Nope. Bryn Kenny? Nope. Jason Kuhn? Nope. Ah, so how are you saying nope? So is this basically anyone that hasn't made the 100K final table? Yes. Basically, Sontheimer is definitely the favorite. He does not have a lock on it. I think both Fedor Holtz and Stefan Schilhabel could potentially win as well. So it's likely to be one of those three. Jeff Walsh has Fedor and Lance Bradley has Schilabel. But as long as... If no one wins the purple jacket, then it's a wash. Nobody wins or loses anymore. Now, here's the thing. Off the back of this event, I thought Daniel Negreanu was incredibly humble on Twitter, talking about the fact that he felt, maybe it's an exaggeration to say he was out of his depth, but certainly he was playing against people who he felt had a huge edge against him. Players I mean, Daniel's... Yeah, Daniel played this ama amazingly well from a, like uh, just a human being perspective. He makes a ton of bets... Is going to lose a ton of money, I think, or maybe some of his also only count if people win or whatever, but whatever. He didn't win his bets. And for him to then come out and go, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to lose all these. Also, these guys are way better than me. He just comes out. And I'm not saying he's doing it for that reason. He just comes out looking great. However, a certain Philip Helmuth <laughs> Jr. still believes that he is the number one player and should be the number one seed in any no limit hold'em tournament to which daniel calls phil delusional which then sparks off a twitter row a social media beef <laughs> one other thing real kid poker you told me in 2009 and 2011 that the kids were better than you and me at no limit hold'em you were 100 percent wrong daniel responds i don't think you're being realistic phil but i'm not surprised your disrespect for this generation only hurts your own growth. You're a good guy, Phil, but your ego is blinding you from the truth. The players of today are world-class and you just don't see it. You totally disrespect players that play circles around you. Like, I don't know how far into this whole conversation we're going to go because, like, th this conversation eventually evolves. Well, what's hilarious uh, is that Helmuth asked for a list of players that would crush him in No Limit Hold'em tournaments. Yeah. Daniel comes up with an immediate list within seconds. <laughs> and then when Helmuth asks for a list of 40, it takes Daniel six whole minutes to compile a list of 40 players that he'd be willing to crossbook against Phil. 
Right, and then Phil ends up turning things around and saying, like, well, I wasn't asking for a bet. Now I've got my list of people that I need to figure out how to play better than. He kind of, like, wiggles his way out of having to put his money where his mouth is. And I'm all for wiggling out of having to put your money where your mouth is. It's something I do quite often. It's just that I freely admit to it. I go, nah, 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 nah. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't have that kind of money. That's what I say. Not like, well, I was just trying to get you to, to give me the knock list of players who, like, like Phil could have come up with it on his own. So this whole conversation is incredibly funny. Now I will say, I, I do have Phil's side in one aspect of this. Okay. Um, well, two aspects. One is he eventually changes his tune and says. I berate the players at the table because it's what I do. I don't actually mean to disrespect them. And I know that that maybe doesn't jive with you, but I do believe that's what he believes he's doing. I know it's what he believes he's doing, but then I take Daniel's side and he says, I love, I mean, obviously Phil says, would you prefer that I act perfectly all the time and that I never lose it? And Daniel's absolutely right. I love you just the way you are, Phil. You just need to be able to take it like you dish it. Daniel yes. is giving him some home truths on where his game is right now and how he ranks against these players. Phil does not seem to accept that. I think Phil can take it is the thing. Like Phil doesn't seem to be genuinely offended by these things. Like when I read Phil's responses, I don't see anger. I don't see um yes, I agree that he doesn't agree. Uh but I don't he to me Phil takes criticism really well. He always takes being poked fun at pretty well. Um and even in a, in a case like this where Daniel's – and a lot of people are ganging up on him, I still think he's taking it pretty well. One other way I will have his back, and I don't know how this is true, but like I do think Phil has a bit of a point when he says these guys are all crushers at one-day tournaments or one- and two-day tournaments with small fields. Put them in a thousand-player field, and this is where Phil Helmuth really excels. Phil is – somehow really really good at massive field no limit hold'em tournaments and while i won't say that i think he would outperform them in an experiment that we could never possibly run i do think that phil is right to say that they are unproven in those types of events that is a valid point now i said that i wasn't going to offer an opinion which i then did but instead would offer <laughs> a theory and this is the cynic in me i wonder is this a genuine disagreement between Daniel Negreanu and Phil Helmuth, or could this be the start of a social media battle that then becomes a heads-up duel streamed live as part of the tie-in with the whole Masters competition? Don't get me wrong, would be great to see, would be good for the game. We'd love some Negreanu-Helmuth smack talk and see them going at it across the felt, but I'm just wondering, do you think that this is really a disagreement or is this kind of coming from a, a, an orchestrated PR perspective? Look, I thought wrestling was real till I was about 17 years old. So I am going to say I don't think this is pre-orchestrated. I think that this is a genuine thing that happened. This, For context, Phil Helmuth flew to Wisconsin yesterday for his dad's 80th birthday and then got off the plane and had this argument with Daniel. I don't think that if this was a pre-planned thing that this is when it was going to happen. It also happened like in the middle of the night. Um, and so I just think that I think this was pretty organic. Now, does that mean it won't lead to those things? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that it's a perfect setup for that. I just don't think it's intentional.
Well, now it's time for a grotesque moment of introspection as we talk about us, specifically talk about next week's show, uh, which is episode 100 of Poker in the Ears, or as we're calling it, Poker in the Ears Live, because it's going to be a live stage show at the Hippodrome. We've talked about this for several weeks, Joe. Uh, we obviously advertise for tickets. We know we've got scores of fans coming down to watch it. As I said, an email did go out to everyone who applied for tickets, but just to run everyone through what's going to be happening on the night, just so everyone's got all the information they need, it is an evening event, something that maybe we didn't make clear at the start and should have done. And really, the time to arrive at the Hippodrome, the best time to get there, is 7pm. So after work, make your way to the casino. And by the way, if you are young of face, if you look under the age of 25, I do recommend bringing with you photo ID, a passport, a driver's license, some form of valid identification. At 7pm, there's going to be a drinks reception. So for those of you who don't know the Hippodrome, you walk into the main casino, you walk up the stairs to the first floor, and you will see signs, and you will see the Heliot Lounge, which we've got reserved. We're going to have a private drinks reception for all of our invited guests, and uh, your chance to mingle with the likes of Chris Moneymaker and Jake Cody. If you guys aren't aware, this is a spot where I would take many of my dates when I lived in London <laughs> just for two reasons. One, because it's a nice bar that's open late, right? Like when it's after midnight in Leicester Square, you want to be going to those disgusting places they have around there. Second of all, maybe I get recognized while I'm on a date. Who knows? Like, I mean, maybe someone walking by the poker room is like, oh, you're Stapes. Anyway, that's the place. That's the place. And then we're hoping half an hour later at 7.30, near enough 7.30, we're going to get the live show started and give you the chance to really literally go behind the curtain and go behind the scenes on what it's like when Joe and I record an episode of the show. I imagine it's probably going to be an hour and a half, probably finishing around nine, maybe just after nine. And what we're going to do is at 9.30 in the Cabaret Theatre, where we'll be doing the show, we're going to have the poker tournament. And so those of you who are lucky enough to get your tickets early and confirm early will have your guaranteed seats in the poker game. 80 people are going to get to play, including myself and Joe, because we're going to have bounties on our heads worth £100 each. Some of our invited guests are going to have £100 bounties on their heads. And the top players, the 10 who make the final table, not uh, 10 through 2, so finish in the top 10, you're guaranteed a mega stack ticket. But if you win this tournament, you are going to get a Prague National Championship package. That's right. You're going to be coming to Prague to play the 1K event as part of the final Pokestars Live event of 2017. So we mentioned Moneymaker. Jake Cody's going to be there. Liv Barry is going to be there. We have got prizes to give away. I'm putting together some uh, stuff at the moment. We have found, I didn't even know we still had these, but we unearthed <laughs> them in a locker. The last 30 Everyone wow. Loves a Chop Pot t-shirts. This t-shirt no longer in production. We will give away the last 30 on the night. Uh, we are going to have a W Coop recap. We'll hear about Joe playing in that 1K event. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> We are going to recap the live event that Joe and I are going to be playing at the Hippodrome on the Sunday. Uh, we're going to preview the Dublin Festival. And someone is going to win a shitload of PokerStars swag because I'm putting together a very special prize pack for a live edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. We're going to ask you when you arrive if you want to be in the draw. We will draw one name at random. That person will get to come up onto the stage. It will be a podcast-themed quiz. So if you know the show... 
you'll be in with a chance of winning prizes. But bear in mind, you'll be competing against the guy who wrote the running order for every episode and presented every episode bar one. <laughs> yeah, let's not get reminded of that one. I actually, you guys are lucky that they're doing a random draw. I thought the super fan would have to prove themselves to be like the biggest super fan in attendance. So I was talking like getting a tattoo, that sort of thing. Those ideas were nixed for some reason by Strange some that. idiot some idiot up in corporate <laughs> but uh whatever i guess we could do a random draw instead yes and just to be clear this for once for one time only potentially gives all people whether you've been a super fan before or not the chance to compete level playing field um so yes that will be the conclusion of the evening before the poker tournament takes place and i guess if we're going to talk about superfan versus tapes we should probably invite this week's superfan onto the show one of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Yes, we have brought back the old Superfan stage for reasons that will soon become apparent. Please welcome to the podcast, Georgina James from London. Hi. Oh, Georgina, I'm so glad that Georgina means what I think it means and that it's a girl's name and not like all these other Europe, these Sashas and these <laughs> these Ashleys that uh, fool me every time. Georgina, we have met before, haven't we? Yes, we have. I think I that I, I was a, uh, James, I did a very classic Stapes thing where it was like this week in sexism where I went up to the boy that Georgina was with and I was like, so, how'd you get your girlfriend into poker? And he was like, no, mate. Uh, it was the other way around. Oh, Joe. Hashtag everyday sexism. I did want to check, though, Georgina. Are you a super fan or a stapes stalker? There is a fine line between the two. <laughs> Definitely a super fan. Definitely. Excellent. Woo! Glad to hear it. And I imagine that the aforementioned boyfriend obviously does inform the answer to that question. Yes. <laughs> and what? it was at putting out the rats, right? That's where I met you guys? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and um, we we actually went because uh, Joe. We knew Joe was going to be there, but um, yeah, I am actually a super fan first. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thanks for being on the show, and you're coming to the live show also next week. Yes, I am. Yeah, we both are. So uh, yeah, I'm bringing my boyfriend as my plus one. What a lucky guy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Georgina, um, yes, tell us about how you got into poker and how you started following Joe Stapleton around the London stand-up circuit? <laughs> um, well, actually, um, so my subject, if I'm allowed to say, um, for this week is EPT 13 Barcelona. Yes. That's a and, good one. Um, yeah, it was a really good one. And uh, that's actually the first ever stream that I watched of you guys. Wow. Um, so you're a relative newcomer to live poker. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, uh, Barcelona was the first time I ever watched the stream and I was pretty much hooked. I think I started on maybe day three or day four. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was, I don't know, just watched the entire stream of that. I've watched every stream since. And obviously you had the um, EPT Not Live then and poking the ears and eyes um, on the stream. So that's how I found out about the podcast. And then, yeah, I've been listening and watching ever since oh my god you're the perfect advert for the pokestars marketing machine <laughs> how did you find the stream in the first place if that was your first one uh well actually i was pretty much just on browsing facebook bored not really um, having much to do and then i came across a post on my newsfeed 
and that said something along the lines of, hey, everyone, I'm on the feature table right now uh, at Barcelona. Come check out the stream or something along those lines. So I thought, you know, I've never watched poker before. Sounds interesting. And I followed the link and that was about it. Who was it? <laughs> um, it was actually Adam Owen. Yeah, we know Adam. Adam's a nice boy. Yeah, so um, I actually went to the same university as he did. So, um, and yeah, friends on Facebook. He was a friend of a friend. So um, I knew who he was, but not that well. And yeah, that's, uh, that's how I found the stream. You went to uni with Adam Owen. He went on to be a professional poker player and you went on to be a... Uh, I'm a performance analyst at the Docklands Light Rail Network in London at the moment. That's right. You told me that. You're the one who tries <laughs> to help the trains run better. Yes. <laughs> I love Joe's basic simpleton translation of what a performance analyst does. Well, I mean, look, to be honest, do you think most of the people who listen to this show are simpletons or do you think they're smart like Georgina? I think they're smart like Georgina, which is why they have an amazing <laughs> record against you in this quiz. Um, so, Georgina, have you had a chance yeah. to review this final table since last August? Have you had a chance to, for example, watch the uh, one-hour highlight show, which I imagine many of these questions will have been based on? Um, I actually found the highlights show on uh, the PokerStars playlist online yesterday and gave it a quick watch. And I read a bit on the blog as well. So oh my I've God. Done, done a little bit of research. <laughs> I think there is a very good chance that we're going to be shipping you some prizes at the end of this quiz. Joe, <laughs> Can I just tap out? Can I just uh, do now, I have to go through this? Joe, you were there for the event. You provided yeah. commentary on the live stream. You provided Did commentary I? for the TV show. I like to say, I know, I, I, I sympathize with you to a point that many of these events kind of blur and you kind of lose track. This one with Sebastian Mallet was such a big event, was such a special final table. Surely some of it must stand out in your mind. Yes, it does. It stands out, but it's more of like a feeling. It's more of like a feeling that stands out. I don't know about some. I don't know about facts, but I guess we'll see. Look, I really was. I had every intention in rewatching the highlight show to prepare for this, but then I was like, "Well, I really want Georgina to win," so yeah, I didn't. I'm sure that's the reason why you didn't get round to watching it. <laughs> Georgina, we have ten questions. Uh, you can give me a number between one and ten for your first question, and as ever, if you can answer the question outright, two points. If you need the multiple choice options, you can go for one point. Okay, uh, can I have number seven first, please? You can, and that will make many people very happy. Was it um, <laughs> Simon Baker, not the mentalist, who said a little piece of him dies every time the superfan doesn't take seven as their first option? <laughs> uh, it's a question about Adam Owen. What hand did Adam have when he was knocked out? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Queen Jack. Um, do I have to say the suits as well? No, you don't. You get two points for correctly identifying Adam's losing hand. There is a bonus question attached also okay. about Adam Owen. What color hoodie was Adam wearing at the final table? Um, I think it was just black. It was just black. That's an extra point. <laughs> and you have a three nil lead. And Joe, your first question, please. Sorry, James, it, it, would that question be considered uh, a difficult question or an easy one based on the other ones? Um, I'd say it's kind of on par. Okay, because <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, give me number nine, please. Number nine. This isn't the first time 
we have seen Sebastian Mallets in an EPT TV show. When did we last see him? I'll take the multiple choice, please. Was it EPT 11 Barcelona, EPT 11 London, EPT 12 Dublin, or EPT 12 Prague? EPT 12 Dublin, he was on the rail. Correct, for a point. And there is a bonus question. Who was Mallet supporting in that event? He was supporting uh, the winner who was uh, Mustafa Kanet. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was Dmitry Abanovich, you moron. That's it, Dmitry Abanovich, but he was there for Dmitry Abanovich. <sighs> Georgina, which question would you like next? Seven and nine have gone. Uh, can I have five, please? You can have number five. Oh, now this is quite a tough one. You might want the multiple choice options. How many outs does Thomas DeRoy have on the river of his final hand? Oh, yeah, I'll take the multiple choice on this one. Okay, six, eight, 11, or 14? Um. Only one card to come. How many outs see, I does DeRoy have? I wouldn't know this either. You know why? Because this is a James thing. The number of outs, that's a James thing. <laughs> I think, um, I think it was six. It was six for a point. Congratulations. Nice one, Joe, which question would you like next? I'll take number six. You can have number six. Because that's the same number of outs that Thomas DeRoy had on the river. I don't oh, know if you knew that or not. It's synergy. Which of the final tablelists had a tattoo of the Godfather on his arm? Multiple choice available. I'll take the multiple choice, please. Was it... Zorlu Ur, how much? Uri Reichenstein, Thomas DeRoy, or Andreas Chalkiadakis? Oh, it's either. It's either Uri. Uh, it's the Chalkiadakis. It was Andreas who had the Godfather tattoo, so you do score a point. You're down 4 2. Uh, but we're only. We're not even halfway there yet. Uh, Georginio, next question. 1, 2, 3, 4, 8, or 10? 1, please. Question number one. Who came into the final table with the shortest stack? Uh, Dogra Dogra? It was so good they named ah, him twice. I would have known that one, goddammit. There is a bonus question as well. Mm -hmm. How many total chips were in play at the final table to the nearest million? Um, to the nearest million? So there were 30k starting stack, I think, and about 1,800 people. I'll let you do the uh, math. <laughs> Let's see. About that's in, that's six, virtually six impossible. Million, Sorry, what was that? Six million? A little bit more than that, Joe. You can steal for a point. Uh, Don't forget to carry the one. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Like 64 million. Too much. The answer was actually 53 million. If you want ah. the exact number, it's 53 million 435,000. Um, Joe, pick a question, please. Uh, question number two. Question number two. How much was seventh place money worth? Multiple right, choice I'll, available. I'll, I'll, I'll take the choices. Two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round all these down because it's easier, okay? Yeah. 220,000. 230,000, 260,000, or 330,000? 
Uh, one more time. 220, 230, 260, or 330? 230. Correct, for a point. It is 6-3, and Georgina, it is time for your penultimate question. 3, 4, 8, or 10? 10, please. Question number 10. In Sebastian Malitz's winner's interview, what did he say he thought about Uri Reichenstein going into the heads-up battle? Um, that he thought he was a lot better than him and he was uh, crushing him at the table? Correct, for two points. And there's a bonus. What were the blinds at the final level of play? What blind level oh. did this final table go to? Um, oh. I, I really don't know, I can't remember. Um, I'll just guess maybe uh, 100,000, 200,000? Joe, you can steal. It was definitely bigger than that. I just don't know if I'll get it right. I'm gonna go with 153. Still too low. 300,000, 600,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> Joe, you can have three, four, or eight. I will have... A th comedy comes in the rule of threes, James. Okay. Which finalist was cheered when he returned from the bathroom? I'm gonna go with Urination Reichenstein. Incorrect. And because the options are still there... Georgina, you can steal for two or take the options for one. I think it was Thomas DeRoy. It was Thomas DeRoy. I'm going to give you another two points. Joe, <laughs> that was your question. Georgina, your final question can be number four or number eight. Number four, please. Number four. In his hand against Thomas DeRoy, what did Sebastian Mallets think people should appreciate? Take the multiple choice, please. His moves, his skills, his creativity, or his commitment? Um, I really have no idea on this one. I'm going to go with commitment. No, it was actually his creativity. Which oh. leaves question eight, Joe. How many chips were in the pot by the end of the hand when mallets hit quad fours? Multiple choice available. I'll take the multiple choice. By the way, I run so bad at this game because all the questions I would have got outright went to Georgina, and I'm just going to have a moan for a second because I still would have lost. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been quite as pathetic. You're, you really need to tell someone who gives a shit. Um, we have 27.8 million, 29.7 million, 35.2 million, or 36.4 million. I don't, I don't know, 29 point whatever million. No, it was 36.4, but let's be honest, it <laughs> wasn't going to make a difference. Uh, Georgina, you scored 10 points. Joe, you scored three points. Granted, it may have been a smaller margin of error if Joe had had different questions, but what matters is the W. You get the win, Georgina. Congratulations. Uh, we are going to give you, you uh, a mini chip set and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. That's great. Thanks very much, guys. And you'll have the chance to win one of the last ever Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirts at the live show next week. So looking forward to you. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Georgina. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much, guys. All 
All right, my babies, that's about all the time we got for this week's show, a.k.a. The Flake, episode number 99. <laughs> Coming up next is 100 live in your ears and in person. And between the 1K tournament and having to do a little bit of stand-up at this show and just wanting it to be a great – like, my stomach is at knots. We're doing voiceover next week. I was going to say, so- Joe, don't forget the four TV shows that need commentary in the next so, seven days. Yeah, as much as I like – doing all of this i also oftentimes can't wait for it to be over so it will be a relief when i'm doing this outro at the live show next week but until then wait i forgot something we're idiots james we don't do enough self-promotion and we just spent I, half of this show promoting our next show yes i understand and that's true <laughs> so we're gonna get it all we're gonna start doing this thing now and i need you guys to pay attention to this hopefully you haven't tuned out but if you have i guess you wouldn't be hearing this anyway you know how all those youtube videos like youtube stars at the end of all their videos like if you like this video like and subscribe and do this and do that we need you guys to do that we have never asked that and that is really dumb on our parts uh all that stuff helps all your clicks all your shares all your likes and we want to make sure this show goes another hundred episodes after this one and that's honestly the best way for that to happen yeah absolutely if you're downloading us from itunes for example just subscribe to the feed you don't have to listen to every episode but at least you get alerted when there's a new one give us a star rating as well because every little helps yeah absolutely and i'm sure all the other platforms have a way to like or subscribe or to do something just to boost us up a little bit and i can tell you from the past james that the more of these you get on itunes then itunes starts promoting you themselves they start going, hey, why don't you listen to this new show that's out there? And all that really helps. So we want to be around for another 100 episodes. For now, we're going to focus on that 100th episode. Yes. We are all out of time for now. Until next time, live in the ears and in person, I am Joe Stapleton. He is James Hardigan. Smell you later. Smell you later.